for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Here is your host, Rob Carson. It is finally, by the grace of God, Friday. And I am really glad to be here. This weekend, of course, another weekend, I'll have a honeydew list a mile long, so I'm not really looking forward to that. But I do get to spend my last few waiting moments of freedom with you, which is always kind of nice. So we got a lot of great stuff today. Going to talk a little bit about uh, Joe Biden and his uh, latest uh, speech. And, and then also just the weirdness that's going on. His administration special guest today is Greg Kelly, one of my favorite Newsmax personalities. He's a great guy. So all of that's coming up. In the meantime, if you get a chance to... Uh, just go ahead and download the Newsmax app on your cellular telephonic device. And if you want to know where all of the uh, places, all the digital platforms where this show is running, just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. So yesterday, did you see that uh, Joe Biden uh, bent over in a, a bizarre moment? He bent over and he picked up a dandelion that was, uh, you know, in the seeding stage, which means it's, it's, it's the bloom is off the flower. <laughs> And, and he handed it to his wife, who seemed to be a little bothered by it. It's kind of like uh, that scene in Frankenstein where the little girl picks up a flower and he picks off the things and, and then he throws her in a pond. Uh, it, it, kinda, it was kind of, you know, uh, I don't know. You normally don't pick up a dandelion that is seeded and then uh, give it to your wife because all it does is seed more dandelions. If I did that to my wife, she'd go, are you out of your nuts? Do you know how much time I spend on this yard to get rid of those stupid things? But he did it yesterday. It was it was just a little bit, it was just a little bit bizarre. Really, really bizarre. I uh, noticed this, um, and this is from the uh, the precursor to the State of the Union in front of Congress the other night, which was bizarre. This is a, a little piece of audio that I forgot about, and I don't know if you picked this up. I want you to listen to this. This is classic. This is classic socialist. No one should have to choose between a job. And a paycheck. Nobody should have to choose between a job and a paycheck. No one should have to choose between a job and a paycheck. Which means that you don't have to have a job to get a paycheck. And a lot of people are doing that right now. A lot of the problems with the country right now, a lot of restaurants would like to open again, but people are not coming back to work. Do you know why? Because they make more money by being unemployed because of this BS coronavirus continued relief, unemployment benefits. My sister had to go on unemployment. She does not. She's a hard working person. But uh, the pennies, the JCPenney's that she manages, they shut down during COVID. So she went on uh, unemployment to get through it. You know how much they pay her? 48 grand a year. 48 grand a year not to work. Now, how many people who are uh, waiting tables would want to make 48 grand a year? And if you could sit on your behind and make that money, would you? I wouldn't. I like to be out of the house, to be quite honest, although I work at home now. But I do do a job. I mean, most people wouldn't uh, call it a job. I sit here and I tell jokes and I, then I entertain and inform you guys. So I'm very blessed. But honestly, that's what's going on in the real world. And, and that's what the Democrat Party is saying. They're saying that as long as we get a vote, you can sit on your butt and you can collect a paycheck. We don't care about the rest because we're going after the rich people. And if you think it's only people making over 400 grand, you're high. <laughs> okay, you are absolutely high. But that was in a, in a nutshell. That was, that was socialism, kids. That is socialism. And that is what is in store for us in this country. That's not where we already are. <laughs> that's, that's where we already are. Now, yesterday he went and gave a speech in Georgia. And, uh, you know, they had a big uh, car rally. Now, normally he, he gathers about 10 people there. It looked like there may be 100 cars there because they obviously paid some people to be there. 
they obviously said, guys, we can't make this look as bad as the, uh, the Biden rallies traditionally are. So let's go ahead and just get a bunch of union members, get Stacey Abrams on the horn, get a bunch of her friends in here with their cars. And they showed up. And in those people, there were a bunch of protesters and they were saying, get rid of ICE. Okay. Immigrations and Customs Enforcement. They went after him and started yelling at him. And uh, I'll get to that in one second. But he, he started off the speech by not being able to find a mask. Okay. So he picked a dandelion for uh, for Jill Biden, and then he couldn't find a mask while uh, music was playing in the background. He's looking all over for the mask. Got Secret Service coming up behind him with masks on. He's looking around. Where's my mask? Where's my mask? Hey, uh, Joe, you're standing at a podium by yourself. You've been immunized. You're not nearing anybody. You don't need a freaking mask. Yeah, and it's an insult to Jackie Wilson to have his music playing in a Joe Biden speech. No, no, no it's not here. It's not. Looking for my mask. I'm well, in trouble. Yeah, looking for my mask. I'm in trouble. I won't get any extra applesauce at the nursing home tonight. I'm so glad. So it turns out. It's in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, my Lord. Guys, this is the leader of the free world. This is akin to, uh, you know, looking around for your glasses and realizing you have them on. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Here he is being uh, interrupted by protesters and then promising that he would abolish ICE in five days. And most of all, I want to thank you, the people of Georgia. Doesn't that sound like a, a, a president who got 81 million votes? In detention now. In detention now. In detention now. We'll give you a microphone. Why would you give those fools a microphone? Uh-oh. This, honestly, this is just bad. This is just really bad. For those of you who just are listening to this, he's looking off of the vacant stare. He's trying to understand where he is. He hasn't put his mask on yet. Folks. Georgia was uh, 100 days ago today when I was inaugurated on the steps of the United States Capitol to be your president. I was looking forward to coming back and seeing these guys. This is, I mean, this is frightening. Uh, And I'm not saying that as a partisan. I'm saying this is a human being looking at a man who's completely lost, couldn't have his mask. His wife literally had to lead him away from the helicopter on the South Lawn yesterday. He picked a dandelion for her that was flowering out, that, that was all budded out and ready to seed. This is this is really really bad. I agree with you. I'm working on it, man. Give me another five days. So the uh, president of the United States just told a crowd, an angry mob, screaming to shut down detention centers for people who are coming here illegally. Just uh, we'll give you another five days. Just give me five more days. Biden later clarified to reporters that he was teasing the protesters about taking action within five days. And you know what? He's lying. He's lying. 
Remember all those uh, promises he made during the campaign? He's going to work with Republicans. Basically, everything that he promised, he's lied about. He's lied about. He's done the exact opposite. Honestly, this is bad. All I know is if I, I've had relatives come and live with our family uh, while they were declining with uh, Alzheimer's or dementia. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. oh, the big the big thing this morning, I guess, uh, uh, NBC did a big thing on uh, Joe Biden was there with Joe Biden and they were the and it was a giant butt kiss fest, you know, and all that stuff. Turns out that Joe Biden, this is where it gets really creepy because you know how Joe Biden is with women and kids and interns. He gets real kissy and feely and all that. They've gotten rid of the M&Ms that they give away at the White House and they replaced them with kisses. <laughs> I thought maybe, I thought maybe if, if they were going to, you know, continue to work with Hunter Biden that they, they'd put little uh, Hershey's crackle, just crackle, just have a little crackle. So you won't have to get on the floor and snort Parmesan cheese uh, there. Uh, there. <laughs> oh, and by the way, where's he been? Have you noticed if one Hunter Biden has been? He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He was this darling of a couple of uh, appearances on television where he looked awful. I mean, I mean, looked awful as a human being, not as, as the way he looks, but but that people he's such a repulsive and awful individual that people said, you know, we're not going to buy your stupid book. He sold 10,000 copies in a country of 330 million people unbelievable but crackle i think would have been good you know if i were going to be at the white house i was thinking about this what would i have in the uh what would i have in the cookie jar at the white house desk and i'm thinking it'd be either skittles or i like sour gummy bears i think sour gummy bears would be pretty cool pretty cool but uh, anyway there's some suggestions there <laughs> oh here is here is the uh the president of the united states on the nbc today during the uh, the massive uh, however many butt kiss that he got Talking about how wearing masks, here he goes again, wearing masks is patriotic. You know what? And I remember, remember what was it? Was it uh, Hillary Clinton years ago? The most patriotic thing you can do. I can't be as shrill as you. If you can protest. I said, no, the most patriotic you can thing you can do is fight and die for your country. That's the most patriotic thing you can do. Now, it, it's not a good result. But if you're going to look at it in a the, in the giant scheme of patriotic things you can do, number one on the list, number one on the countdown, Casey Kasem. Fight and die for your country. And now back to the countdown. So um, that was pretty good, actually. Thank you. So uh, wearing a freaking mask is not the most patriotic thing. In fact, it's not patriotic at all. It's patronizing. That's a word that starts with pat, okay? But it is not, it is not patriotic. It is broadcasting fear to get them through 2020, to get them to 2021. When we get halfway through the election year, the coronavirus will go away. Joe Biden will take uh, complete credit for it. Anthony Fauci will praise him, and they'll go into the midterms thinking that this is the, the president that cured COVID. CDC guidance this week about outdoor mask wearing. Yeah. A lot of folks excited that they can now shed these masks. Is he going to ask how dumb it was for Joe Biden to walk out of the White House by himself with a mask on, then take the mask off right when he got to the reporters? If they've been double vaccinated, um, are, are you going to be one of these folks now? We're no longer going to see the president of the United States outside with a mask on? Sure. Sure. I mean, but what I'm going to do, though, when, because the likelihood of my being able to be outside and people not come up to me is not very, very high. So it's like, look, you and I took our masks off when I came in because look at the distance we are. But if we were, in fact, sitting there talking to one another close, I'd have my mask on and I met you. Oh, by the way, the social distance thing was just disproven, just disproven by MIT. 
There is a reason why this president still is spewing this garbage. And it's about control. Even though we've both been vaccinated. And so it's it's, it's a... Nobody's listening to you. Your ratings were terrible on the speech the other night. Small precaution to take that has a profound impact. It's a patriotic responsibility, for God's sake. No, it's not. It's making sure that your wife, your children, your... If you're, if, in, in fact... It's not patriotic, it's empathetic. They haven't been vaccinated. And you're pathetic. Making sure that they're not going to get sick. Before you took off. Wow, honestly, just this is uh, nobody's listening. Are you listening? Do you look at Joe Biden on the TV and you go, well, Mr. Biden's wearing his mask. I'm going to go ahead and put my mask on. No, I don't. I go, what an idiot. That's what I do. Biden's first address to Congress drew a record low number of 22 million viewers. Half the audience who turned in for Trump's speech, less than a third who watched Clinton. He got 81 million votes. According to uh, Nielsen, ABC topped the number of viewers with 4 million, followed by MSNBC 3.9, NBC with 3.5, CBS followed with 3.3, Fox News 2.9. Biden's address was a more toned-down affair with 200 attendees compared to the normal uh, 1,600. 1993, Bill Clinton, 66 million people watched. George Bush, 62 in 2003, just before the invasion of Iraq. So there you go. Wow. Uh, just dystopian and strange and uh, and really, really freaking messed up. How about that? There's anything from Rob Carson. The analysis is really, really freaking messed up. I want to get into uh, Rudy Giuliani in a second because his uh, offices were raided two days ago in the morning. And uh, it, was, uh, it was very terrifying for him. And it was also a picture of the deep state, of the deep state. Now... Here's the interesting thing. You should watch the movie. What was it? What was the name of the movie uh, with um, uh, Gene Hackman and Will Smith? And it was about the deep state. I'm drawing a blank on it right now. But it was. Uh, it, it, this is this is what's going on in the country right now. This is what is going on in the country right now. The deep state is uh, using the criminal justice system, the FBI, to go after political enemies. To go after political enemies. Giuliani calls the raid of his New York uh, uh, home illegal and unconstitutional. They came in, they were looking for uh, some sort of communications that, that, that was already readily available that, that Giuliani had already offered the FBI, but they decided to come in and do a heavy-handed, jackbooted raid of the home, and they didn't take, they didn't take the Hunter Biden hard drive. Uh, he talked to Tucker Carlson. Normally, I don't like to use uh, Tucker stuff on the show, but this is a fascinating interview with Rudy Giuliani. Here he is uh, initially about what happened in his apartment. I guess it was on. It was Wednesday morning. Well, about six o'clock in the morning, there was a big bang, bang, bang on the door. And outside were seven, seven FBI agents with a warrant uh, for uh, electronics. And I looked at the warrant and I said, uh, you know, this is extraordinary because I've offered to give these to the government and talk it over with the government for two years. The Will Smith movie is Enemy of the State. You need to watch that movie. You need to watch that movie because it's making a heck of a lot of sense. I don't know why they have to do this. The agents seemed somewhat apologetic, I might say. They were very, very professional and very gentlemanly. The only time they got perturbed is at the end of the surge when they had taken about, I'd say, seven or eight electronic items of mine, which is what they took, 
and, and two of someone else's, I, uh, they weren't taking the three hard drives, which of course are electronic devices. They just mimic the, the computer. I said, well, don't you want these? And they said, what are they? I said, those are Hunter Biden's hard drives. And they said, no, 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 no. I said, are you sure? The FBI has had those since 2019. Sure you don't want them. I mean, the, the warrant required them to take it. And they said, no, no. And I, one last time, I said, don't you think you should take it to comply? And they said, no. I hope that Rudy Giuliani and his legal team have the FBI for lunch. Joe Biden has declared Rudy Giuliani the enemy of the state. He has. He did it on the campaign talking about Rudy Giuliani, and now he is using the the same Justice Department that Barack Obama used to go after Donald Trump. A little bit more from Rudy Giuliani. Hunter Biden's hard drives fall within the scope of the subpoena. The subpoena required them to take all electronics, but they decided to leave that behind. And they also were completely content to rely on my word that these were Hunter Biden's hard drives. I mean, they could have been Donald Trump's. They could have been Vladimir Putin's. They could have been anybody's. But they relied on me, the man who had to be raided in the morning, uh, because I, well, I'm going to destroy the evidence. I've known about this for two years, uh, Tucker. I could have destroyed the evidence years ago. A year, I didn't destroy the evidence because the evidence is... Exp- you mean like Hillary Clinton did? And like she insisted all of her staffers do with all their smart devices with, with hammers and bleach bit? Opatory. It proves that the president and I and all of us are innocent. They're the ones who are committing. It's like, it's like projection. They're committing the crimes. Enemy of the state. Must see watching this weekend. More from Rudy Giuliani. Also, Hunter, I am a lawyer who has prosecuted a lot more serious cases that have been prosecuted in the U.S. Attorney's Office since I left. And the reality is that... And I also believe that Rudy Giuliani, unlike the President of the United States, is a good and honorable and decent man. That warrant is completely illegal. Who needs to stop using hair dye? I'll just say it right now. You just, Buddy, the butt is off the rose here. Uh, everybody knows your hair is gray and you don't got much of it. The only way you can get a search warrant is if you can show that there's some evidence that the person is going to destroy the evidence. Or is, gonna, or is going to run away with the evidence. Well, I've had it for two years and I haven't destroyed it. And they also Why didn't they go after Hillary Clinton's server? Why didn't they go after those devices? Why was it no big deal when they were destroyed by Hillary, by order of Hillary? Oh, got it from the iCloud. So uh, there, was no, there was no justification for that warrant. It is an illegal, unconstitutional warrant. Uh, we have got to do something about the swamp people. We have got to do something about the swamp. One of many that this Department of Injustice tragically has done, and it breaks my heart because I belong to the Justice Department, and I think I had a record that's a hell of a lot better than theirs. One more cut from uh, from Rudy Giuliani with regard to having his his home raided, raided by the FBI for no good reason. We understand, our viewers understand, what it is the Justice Department says they're investigating. We've read it's a FARA violation. Is there something else? What have they said to you about what they're looking into? They haven't said anything. They won't explain to me what they're looking into for two years. Uh, we've called them five, six occasions, said, tell us what you're investigating. We'll come in and address it. No, just come in and talk to us. Tell us about your whole life. The FBI is also not saying anything about Ashley Babbitt's murder in the Capitol. Enemy of the state. Let's watch it together tonight, shall we? I'll bring the popcorn. Because that's ridiculous. And uh, the, so I have to go. I have to go as a lawyer on the search warrant. The search warrant is 
purportedly based on one single failure to file for representing a Ukrainian national or official that I never represented. I've never represented a Ukrainian national or... Meanwhile, Joe Biden threatened a prosecutor, uh, threatened the government to fire a prosecutor who was investigating Hunter Biden's involvement with Burisma, an oil gas company where he was being paid between fifty-five dollars and $80,000 a month. A month! And Joe Biden said that a billion dollars in loan guarantees would go bye-bye unless the prosecutor prosecuting his the company or at least looking into the company that his son was involved in was actually uh, fired. And he was fired before Joe Biden could get on the plane. Official before the United States government. I've declined it several times. I've had contracts in countries like Ukraine. In the contract is a clause that says I will not engage in lobbying or foreign representation. I don't do it because I felt it would be too compromising. Here I am in the middle of representing the president of the United States on a charge that I believe he was innocent of. I had great passion about that. If you're a lawyer and you're representing an innocent man, there's- And, and uh, uh, he was proven innocent uh, with uh, two sham impeachments. So great a burden you can have. And my sole concentration and I am so offended by the things they've said about me. My sole concentration from the beginning here, Tucker, was to find evidence that would prove what I knew, that he was innocent of Russian collusion. And he was. And he was impeached. Here is Andrew Giuliani, who is a Newsmax contributor, hopefully also a uh, candidate for governor of the great state. Well, at least once great state. Make New York great again. Andrew Giuliani, son of Rudy Giuliani. Speaking on the Sean Spicer, Spicer and Company show. I mean, the way that they treat anybody who's associated with Donald Trump and the way they treat somebody, a Democrat associated with Biden or Obama, it's just completely, completely, you couldn't be more opposite. And to do this to the president of the United States, the former president of the United States, personal attorney, is absolutely absurd. This is Soviet era tactics here yes. that we're talking about. Regarding dad, he's a tough guy, Sean. You know it. You know it as well. He's positive. Um, the guy, the guy takes punches and keeps on ticking. I'm very proud of him. You know, the way I look at him is he's the greatest mayor in the history of New York City and the greatest U.S. attorney probably in the history of our country. You know, Andrew, it is unusual for a prosecutor to do such a thing to a lawyer, especially like you said, the former president of the United States lawyer. Mm -hmm. This feels like a purely political play here. Well, it was signed. The search warrant was signed by an Obama judge. And now, look, I don't want to be too theoretical on this. I do. We've seen just how much the Justice, just the Justice Department started to get po to political under Barack Obama. And now it's continuing under Joe Biden. Uh, so, I mean, you can make your own conclusions on that. All I will tell you is the judge was appointed by Barack Obama and the Trump Justice Department did not want to move forward with this. As soon as an Obama, as soon as they got it to an Obama judge, he certainly did. And Obama also weaponized the IRS and the FBI. Unbelievable. You know what else is really unbelievable? That a decent and good man, Tim Scott, who is a uh, Republican senator, he is a black man, that he would be shredded online for 12 hours being called Uncle Tim on Twitter before they finally took it down. He did a post-Biden address the other night and said America is not racist. It's not there's no systemic racism, and there is not. If you want to have an intelligent discussion about it, I would love to. 
Black Lives Matter and the NAACP have been slammed online for even failing to condemn the, the trending Uncle Tim racial slur. A play on the Uncle Tom trope was soon trending on Twitter as thousands criticized Scott, with one person claiming the South Carolina senator was a cunning white supremacist ideologist. This is just inexcusable. This is a digital lynching. Bishop Talbert Swan, a black pastor from Massachusetts, tweeted, Uncle Tim Scott has perfected the art of sycophantic bootlicking. He's a master step and fitch artist and cunning white supremacist apologist who demonstrated his buck dancing skills in front of the entire world. Dear God in heaven. This is not 1863. This is 2021. And for a man to be treated like this and called these names is absolutely Foul, disgusting, and utterly inexcusable. Here's a little bit of Tim Scott's marvelous address the other night. I have experienced the pain of discrimination. I know what it feels like to be pulled over for no reason. To be followed around the store while I'm shopping. Today, kids are being taught that the color of their skin defines them again. And if they look a certain way, they're an oppressor. From colleges to corporations to our culture, people are making money and gaining power by pretending we haven't made any progress. Black Lives Matter, buying their, their founder buying four houses worth $3 million. At all. By Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson. Al Sharpton wears $5,000 suits. He's never built anything, made anything, or manufactured anything but division. Down on the divisions, we've worked so hard to heal. You know this stuff is wrong. Hear me clearly. America is not a racist country. It's backwards to fight discrimination with different types of discrimination. And it's wrong to try to use our painful past to dishonestly shut down debates in the present. And when the Democrat Party loses an argument, that's where they go. And when we get closer to the target and when... African-Americans finally say, you know, enough is enough. It's not a racist country. We love this country for years, for decades. We stood for the national anthem. We fought uh, in combat with our brothers in arms, whether they be black or white or whatever color. There was nothing wrong with standing for the national anthem and crying with joy and pride. Here's a Joy Behar. <laughs> Saying that Tim Scott, has, uh, he has no idea what, what systemic racism is all about. Bipartisanship is an obsession with the Republicans right now. That Yeah, because the, the president promised that he'd do it when he was running for office there. Joy. It's not reaching across the aisle, okay? And yet, when he says... I'm going to let this play a little bit longer, but I'm going to warn you that you're going to want to jam out your eardrums with knitting needles. If you have any knitting needles nearby... Please throw them out the window. Get them as far away from you as possible. Biden, we're on track to cutting child poverty in half. You look around. You're on track. Well, actually, you know what? Uh, uh, Donald Trump actually uh, got the lowest black unemployment rating in recorded history. He lowered black unemployment that low. So on the track doesn't mean anything. A 
chamber and nobody on the Republican side is standing or clapping. Does that mean that they are for child poverty? Nancy Pelosi tore up the speech that Donald Trump delivered his last State of the Union while he was still standing. When he says that he wants clean water and Kevin McCarthy is sitting on his hands and not reacting, does Kevin... Did, did you realize that uh, Republicans like to drink clean water too? McCarthy like dirty water? Maybe he should, uh, you know, campaign on that. Dirty water for everybody. Okay, this is nonsense. As far as... And then the other thing... Honestly, what is your IQ? What is your IQ? It's got to be like the low 60s. I have to say is I thought it was brilliant. I thought Biden was incredibly warm <laughs> and, and... I'm sorry, I meant 50. ...presidential and just great. And to see those two beautiful, intelligent, brilliant women... Oh, boy. Him, oh, boy. ...makes me feel like a real... Well, I just felt wonderful. Yeah, now, Tim Trina. Scott. He, he, he does not seem to understand, and a lot of them don't seem to understand. A lot of them? Wait a minute, what did you just call? What did you just call uh, Tim Scott? Them. Is that like those people? The difference between um, a racist country and a systemic, ra and systemic racism. Yeah, well, there's no systemic racism in the country, okay? What there is is uh, systemic issues in the inner cities with regard to the family. And society. Because that's why you need uh, opportunity zones. That's why you need all of these things. That's why those things become law to help people out. But it isn't because systemic racism made you drop out of school. It isn't because systemic racism made you be a drug dealer. Okay? It's, it's what you choose to do in life and what you choose to do with your lot in life. And it's an insult to all the great black people in our history who breathe the rare air of extreme fame, invention, talent to say that it's not, uh, it's not possible because of systemic racism. Unbelievable. Uh, John Bachman of uh, Newsmax talking to uh, Sari Kim. She's running for Congress in Texas on Democrats and racism. I thought how juvenile the progressives are that they use epithets to blame conservatives for actually having like Uncle Tim. Wow. Policy positions. We as minorities in the Republican Party or we as minorities in the world of common sense, we're not allowed to have substance. We're only allowed to be ignorant. You can't stray off the Democrat ideological plantation. I said this. A decade ago when Hillary Clinton said that uh, that the Republicans were like a, a plantation. ...or quote-unquote racist if we express an opinion. And I think that says everything you need to know about the socialists, about the Democrats, about Joe Biden, that they cannot come after us after substance. So they only attacked us based upon what we look like. Yeah, exactly, 100%. And it's getting louder. And it's getting louder. And, and the name-calling is getting more severe because they're losing the argument. It used to be racist, then it became, uh, then it became uh, what, a white supremacist. Uh, it's, right now, it's the latest iteration is you're a white supremacist. So, and then, and then you're an Uncle Tim, and then you're a whatever. What else is going to be next? <laughs> what else is going to be next? Let's move back to the uh, speech the other night. Now, I had mentioned one of the most compelling parts of the speech the other night was Joe Biden saying that uh, the government is of the people, which is a joke coming from him because he's been in Washington, D.C. Uh, for about 50 years he hasn't been one of us in a very long time. Neither has the two people sitting behind him. 
during the speech. Here's what he says about we are the people. The swamp is not the people. We are so far. Our government is no longer we the people. It's we the elite and you, you the uh, proletariat. Our constitution opens with the word. Or I should say the bourgeoisie. As trade as it sounds, we the people. Well, it's time to remember that we the people are the government. No, you're not. You and I. Not some force in a distant capital. Not some power. In a capital in the, on the East Coast that is surrounded by razor ribbon and 5,000 National Guard troops. Now, if that doesn't say that they are not the people anymore, then I don't know what will. But here's Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz. He picked up on that same quote, has a slightly different take than me. The most radical line tonight was when Joe Biden said, we the people is the government. No, Joe, you seriously misunderstand the Constitution. We the people is not the government. We are not a country of dictators in Washington running the people. We the people is the people, damn it. Now do you understand why you listen to this show? Because I get things, uh, like before the media gets them. And this just made sense. When I heard that line, I said, you are so off base. We're in charge of the government, whose freedom you're taking away, whose liberty you're stripping away. And it showed the arrogance of the hard left that they think that l'estasse moi. He is the state, is what he said. And he's we the people. I mean, holy cow, that was radical. And and that's where, where today's Democrats are. He got it. That's exactly what I said the other night. Uh, you know, dissimilar. Similar to it, I should say. Similar to it. You know, I was going to play some Kamala Harris talking about uh, Tim Scott's and the president's speech to Congress. Well, I'll just, I'll just share this. Here she is saying that Tim Scott was right and America is not uh, systematically racist. Senator Tim Scott said last night that America is not a racist country. Do you agree with that? And what do you make of his warning against fighting discrimination? I mean, as you sit there and you're rich and you grew up in Berkeley and now you're the vice president of the country and, uh, you know, you're sitting in the the Capitol and sitting behind the president. And there are uh, plenty of people who are uh, not of your ilk, I guess, who work in coal mines every day and scrape by and and subsist on uh, on government food stamps when they have to to subsidize their their meager wages. Tell us about how racist the country is. I believe that we need to, well, first of all, no, I don't think America is a racist country, but we also do have to speak truth about the history of racism in our country. And it's- Yeah, we, we, we do actually. We've been talking about it for a long time. We have, yeah, as Republicans particularly, because you see, the Democrat Party was a party of slavery and then Jim Crow. Okay, and it took Republicans to end uh, not only slavery, also get the women the right to vote and then usher in a new era without Jim Crow and its existence today. And I, so we know our history. We've been fighting Democrats for a long time. I applaud the president for always having the ability and the courage, frankly, to speak the truth about it. He's now Joe Biden has always been fairly racist, fairly racist. He was uh, Robert Byrd's uh, best buddy. He spoke at Robert Byrd, the uh, ex-Grand Dragon of the KKK. Now, this is kind of interesting. And this is, this is I guess, maybe accidental. It's like you're so fogged with racism, you don't realize how racist you are. Apparently, the, uh, the government under Joe Biden, they want to ban menthol cigarettes. Now, <clears throat> they just want to ban menthol cigarettes. And you know what else they want to do? They want to get rid of flavored cigars. Okay, there's flavored cigars, and I'll just go ahead and tell you what flavored cigars are used for. Nobody smokes flavored cigars because they taste good. 
Unless you, you know, like if you ever had a Swisher Sweet, you might have had a Swisher Sweet you're in high school. It's like, it's like smoking a urinal cake. I mean, it's just, it's just awful. What do we use uh, flavored cigars for, kids? Do we, do we, you know, listen, when there is a, uh, when you get a Cuban cigar, you get a really nice uh, Arturo Fuente, because uh, I'm kind of a cigar guy. I don't smoke very many anymore. But, but uh, you know, do you hollow it out and stuff it with weed? Because <laughs> that's what they're used for. That's what they're used for. That's why people buy Swisher Sweets and all these sweet cigars. They hollow them out and they fill them with weed. All right? And, and uh, as far as menthol cigarettes, I'll just go ahead and say, and this happens, listen, the hollow when I'm out and, and with weed, that happens I, with uh, black and white people, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't hollow out cheap cigars and smoke weed. But did you realize that uh, among African-American smokers, 85.8% smoke menthols? Now, if you're going to go after smoking, you need to go after all smoking. But he is going to literally, <laughs> he is going to ban Menthol cigarettes, these cigarettes that uh, these, if you're looking at the smoking population in the country, and I don't smoke, but black people 85% of the time smoke menthols, and Joe Biden's administration wants to get rid of those. Even Al Sharpton said a ban, the ban targets black smokers. Black people disproportionately suffer from smoking addiction and ill health. My father died. He was a white man. He had some Cherokee blood in him. He died of smoking related illness at 72. Civil rights groups, including the ACLU, sent a letter to the HHS this week warning a ban will lead to overpricing and more racial discrimination. Meanwhile, the ACLU hasn't said anything about all the names that Tim Scott was called after his speech. There you go. Accidental racism. Oh, and listen to this. A group of white Midwestern farmers has filed the lawsuits against the Biden administration for racial discrimination over being banned from loan forgiveness program that offered only... To farmers of color. This is racism. You're only eligible for the aid unless you are a person of color. The Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty is representing the plaintiffs from Wisconsin, Minnesota, South Dakota, and Ohio in their suit against the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Thomas Vilsack and Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau. 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 Where do you get your food, kids? Where do you get your food, Washington, D.C.? Where do you get those juicy steaks you eat at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse above Reagan National Airport when you're going there with your entourage? Farmers of all colors feed America. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel noted that the program pays up to 120% of direct or guaranteed farm loan balances for producers who are black, American Indian, or Alaskan Native, Hispanic, or Latino, and Asian American or Pacific Islander, but white producers need not apply. Listen to this. One of the plaintiffs in the suit is Adam Faust, a dairy farmer and double amputee. This man is a double amputee and he gets up and he gets up earlier than you'll ever get up and he, he works later than you'll ever work. He said there should absolutely be no federal dollars going anywhere just based on race. The economic impact from COVID-19 didn't hurt any race more than any other as far as agriculture goes. My Lord in heaven. My Lord in heaven. Wake up. Oh, Joe Rogan, uh, he, he, he took, uh, chimed in the other day. He said that young people didn't need vaccines. Apparently, he's not supposed to be able to say that. He said that young people don't need vaccines, okay? But here he is uh, clarifying his statements yesterday. 
This is like the thing about this whole thing, this uh, people being upset at me. I didn't say I'm not I'm not an anti-vax person. Right. In fact, I said I believe they're safe and I encourage many people to take them. My parents were vaccinated. I just said I don't think that if you're a young, healthy person that you need it. Their argument was you need it for other people. So you don't transmit the virus. That makes more sense. So I'm that's, a young... But that's a different argument. That's I'm a, a young, conversation. not so healthy person. You're not that young. Well, you know, here's the deal. Uh, don't rely on me to get a, uh, the vaccine so you won't get it. You get your vaccine, okay? And if I decide not to do my vaccine, then you don't have to worry about it. So shut up, okay? There you go. So if I decide I don't want to take this vaccine, it is, it is not reliant upon me to not get you sick. I do not take a vaccine for you. If I'm going to take it, I take it for me. You take the vaccine on your own. See what I'm saying? But of course, he's a podcaster, so he has no right to say anything about it because he's not an expert on medical stuff. But a 16-year-old named Greta Thunberg can suddenly become an expert on climate change by sailing a $3 million yacht across the uh, Atlantic Ocean and then returning on a private jet with uh, her boat. Was, it was towed back by an entourage of other boats. Or David Hogg, a high school student who actually wasn't even at the high school when a mass shooting happened. He was biking there, and he suddenly becomes an expert on gun control. It's kind of weird that way. But uh, Joe Rogan can't say that people in their 20s who literally have a 99.9999% chance of survival of getting COVID and generally wouldn't know if they had it anyway because they're mostly asymptomatic. And he said, hey, you, know, you know, I don't think you really need to take the vaccine. I think he's got a little more credibility than Greta. Than Greta. Thunberg. <laughs> We're going to be talking to um, one of my favorite personalities on uh, Newsmax, Greg Kelly, in just a couple of seconds. I do want to share this. Uh, there's a lot of this critical uh, race theory and stuff being taught in schools. The other night, my daughter uh, asked me, asked me if I would help her write a paper on the 1619 Project. And I said, are they teaching that crap in school? And she said, no, I chose to do it. I said, well, then you're writing your paper yourself. And I said, if you would like to have a discussion about why I think this is a terrible, terrible, awful program that divides people, then we will have the discussion. But I'm not going to help you investigate and, and write a rosy paper about the 1619 Project. And, and it's her loss because I'm a damn good writer. I've been writing for Limbaugh on every major comedy network in the country for 30 years. So, uh, you know, not going to do it. So there's this, uh, there's this other uh, program called Brain Pop, apparently. Jonathan Copel, and they make it sound, it's brain pop, everybody. It's like pop for your brain. John Copel is a Spanish teacher who exposed an online teaching tool for children called brain pop that pushes leftist ideologies like critical race theory. He is a teacher at Tammany Parish District where the uh, board meeting took place the other night. He brought his phone so he could share some of the brain uh, crap that brain pop serves up. Uh, the program brain pop that the kids spend hours listening to is actually already teaching our kids in our district what she's talking about, as well as telling them about critical race theory. I recorded the video from Brain Pop. You gotta pay attention, parents. You've got to pay attention on this stuff. It's official Instagram page. I uh, hope you can hear it. Racism in our society. A built-in system of bias that makes life easier for white people and more difficult for black people and other people of color. It puts them at greater risk for poverty. But if you're a double amputee and you have a, a dairy farm in Wisconsin, you're fine. Unemployment and disease. Structural racism is a factor in some disturbing trends. 
Black people are nearly six times more likely than whites to be imprisoned. Well, uh, you know, the murder rate, black-on-black violence, is 13 times higher than the national average. Black men are killed by police at more than twice the rate of white men. All right, so that's the first video. But if they're unarmed, which is what everybody's raising a fuss about, uh, white men are more than twice as likely uh, to be shot by police than black men. They're telling our kids, they're telling our black children that they are oppressed by white people. Yep. And that it's in the system, so they don't have a chance. And that our good policemen are, are more apt to shoot a black man or a black woman, which is ridiculous. There you go. Here's a little bit more of this dad sharing brain pop with regard to the idiocy, the absolute abject idiocy of chosen pronouns. They're teaching incorrect grammar to give a kid whatever gender pronoun they want. Uh, psychology tells you that when you're talking about sexuality with kids, their brains are not developed. You have to raise a child. You rear a child. Um, they don't know about sexuality. When an adult pushes some ideas upon them, it winds up grooming them to believe whatever the adult tells them. So this is the video by Brain Pop that our kids are spending hours in front of. This is what they're telling them about the pronouns. We had Schoolhouse Rock when I was a kid. Uh, It was nothing this, it was not stupid like this. It was, uh, you know, we the people in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice and shared metric tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general. Well, that's the preamble of the Constitution. I learned it. Okay, and and my pronoun is he. He already gave the kids the opportunity. By the way, if you try to friend me on Facebook or you try to hook up uh, with my personality profile on LinkedIn and you say in your profile that you have a a preferred pronoun of she or they or whatever, you will not be added to my friends. To choose their own gender when they took the ACT, I got pictures of the forms. But you might get a nice note saying you're insane. Like me, Moby and Orbot, they are my best friends. Actually, yeah, they can be used as a singular pronoun, too. No, they can't. Like if you said, I'm going to see my friend, I could ask, where do they live? Since I don't know your friend's gender identity. And some individuals prefer (laughs) they as a pronoun. Yeah, and they're also insane. Like meet or There, I said it. They're insane. They are my best friend. We got kids that can't read and write, and then we're going to teach them incorrect grammar. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much. It's just about uh, d- bewildering children, indoctrinating children. I could just go on and on and on. But I won't. Ted Wheeler, the, uh, the mayor of Portland, got a, a, a very frightening warning from Antifa. Did you know that? Got a very yeah, a video, apparently, and they apparently doxed the, uh, the mayor. And this is what happens when you when you allow uh, terrorism to run rampant. You put yourself in danger and you really mess up your city. Here is a little bit of the, the video warning that Antifa sent the mayor. This is terrorism, FBI. Okay? Why don't you stop raiding Rudy Giuliani's house and investigate this? Hello. We come to you as a small collective from within the anarchist and anti-fascist community. Do not speak for the whole as each... This movement needs to be put out like a menthol cigarette under the butt of my heel. Individual may carry different ideologies and beliefs about how things could, should, or will be accomplished. We hope with this message to simply convey a few points that are commonly agreed upon within this community. The mayor of this city is undeserving of his position. He has made it abundantly clear that windows to him are more important 
in human life. So we are not just challenging the idea. You can't just wreck private property and burn businesses, okay? So uh, you're wrong there, Junior, with the mask on. ...of having Ted as a mayor. We are challenging the idea of having mayors at all. We want abolition. Abolition is absolute. If peaceful marches, speeches, and voting were enough to bring about that goal, then we would have already been there. Window smashing and riots are a necessary escalation when those in power... See, you're a terrorist organization that needs to be investigated by the FBI, and all of your uh, uh, financial ties need to be cut, and you need to be imprisoned for your life. ...have proven that they are unwilling to listen and have made the choice to ignore you. We are moving with a sense of urgency because not only is the system destroying us, it's destroying the very planet that we live on. Well, here we go. It's the environmental stuff. This movement encompasses the liberation of all those oppressed by the system, whether... Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. That's all... It's all faculty lounge gobbledygook. You are brainwashed in school. Uh, Greg Kelly talked to Aaron Babbitt, Ashley Babbitt, woman who was murdered in our capital during the not insurrection, the non-insurrection. It was not an insurrection on January 6th because insurrections aren't unarmed. That said, there are so many unanswered questions, including who killed Ashley Babbitt, why this person is not being charged with a crime. Yeah, and, um, you know, if you listen to, if you watch any of the videos, you know, my wife posted, they're all over the place at this point. Um, she specifically said she just finished watching the president speak. Um, it's my understanding that the majority of any violence that happened at the Capitol happened prior to the president um, being done speaking. People left President Trump's rally before he stopped speaking so they could go to their cars and get grappling hooks and hammers and helmets, which Trump supporters don't wear, but Antifa and Black Lives Matter do. Um, and then I've also seen a video, um, can't find it anywhere now, but it's, uh, it's an overhead of inside the... I'm watching any of, Enemy of the State tonight. Capital, and you can see my wife calmly walking through the red velvet ropes, taking a video, you know, just walking very calmly with everybody else. Yeah, and there were police that actually uh, moved the barricades and ushered people in. And nobody's been able to answer that. Here's a little bit more from Aaron Babbitt, the uh, the, wife, the uh, widower, I should say, of Ashley Babbitt with Greg Kelly. You were not uh, on Capitol Hill yourself. You were not in Washington. At this point, um, she specifically said she just finished watching the president speak. Um, it's my understanding that the majority of any violence that happened at the Capitol happened prior to the president um, being done speaking. Um, and then I've also seen... Do you know why they? I know that the people who smashed out windows were not Trump supporters? Because Trump supporters don't smash out windows. Black Lives Matter and Antifa do. A video, um, can't find it anywhere now, but it's, uh, it's an overhead of inside the Capitol, and you can see my wife calmly walking through the red velvet. Yeah, we already got that. Here's a little bit more. Uh, there have been no calls from the police. There have been no call from authority to the family after a family member was killed by an officer. This should deserve some sort of attention, some sort of proclamation, something. They murdered a woman and haven't said a thing to the family. That is North Korean. At this point, you are suing the... And, and there's been some conflicting reports here. So you are suing... Uh, the Capitol Hill police officer in question or the Capitol Hill Police Department for uh, roughly $12 million? No, I, see, I don't, I, I've not heard any of that. So I, I think some of this is just 
USA. Um, yes, there obviously there is going to be some type of civil um, action coming, but I've heard of no dollar amount, and it's not been filed as of yet. Has anyone explained to you? But George Floyd's family got twenty-seven million dollars. Do what happened. Um, you certainly are entitled to an explanation. Um, has anyone reached out from the Capitol Police or uh, any any no. government? No. The only the only um, officers, he's a detective that I heard from, was actually Metro PD. Um, nobody from the Capitol Police Department. Wow. Uh, one congressman called me that night on the 6th, and it was Congressman Issa. And uh, he was actually confused as to why he was calling me, because I don't live in his district. Um, and I figured out later it's because my business is in his district. But uh, I never heard from the congressman that, you know, I live in his district. A family whose wife and daughter was murdered deserves to be called. So we want to Chris Salcedo. He talked to Kelly Ward, uh, Dr. Kelly Ward, president of the GOP in Arizona, about the ongoing audit. Hey, Chris, it's great to be with you. Um, the audit continues despite everything that the Democrats and the far left are throwing up against the wall to try to delay or stop this. America's audit is moving forward. We're doing a complete and total hand count of 2.1 million ballots that were cast in Maricopa County. Go get them. Arizona, where Phoenix is. We're also looking at the quality of those ballots to make sure that they're legitimate. And we're looking at the machines, the hardware, the software, the logs, etc. This is the first of its kind that's ever been done in our country, a full forensic audit of an election. And why are Democrats, why did they send 106 lawyers to uh, Arizona to stop it? Here's a little bit more from Kelly Ward. Yet, as you mentioned, the Democrat socialists and their attorneys are hell-bent on stopping this thing. What, what are they afraid of? They're afraid of everything. They do, they're afraid of the truth. We know that. We also know that they tell lies again and again and again and that they're hypocrites. We want election integrity. They call that voter suppression. I certainly want to suppress the dead vote. And yeah. I think that many people out there want to as well, unless they're Democrats <laughs> and they want to cheat in elections. Yep. I want to know what happened in 2020 so that it never happens again. I want our legislators to be equipped with objective knowledge to be able to make first class election law for our state that can also be a model for the rest of the country. Okay, very good. One more clip before we go to uh, to Greg Kelly. Going to get him on the phone in a second to talk about a bunch of different stuff, including his interview with Aaron Babbitt. Uh, Grant Stinchfield had some... He's, I just, Grant's just a kick-butt guy, just a really kick-butt guy. Here he is, uh, I guess, last night talking about, I guess, the, uh, President Trump... Well, he, I've heard he's a fan of mine. I know, crazy, right? He actually called the network president and said, who's this Rob Carson guy? He's really funny, and I like his take. I know, one of the greatest things that ever happened in my life. But uh, the, the president the other night was talking about uh, Newsmax and how it's becoming increasingly important. So as we told you on this program, President Trump made some waves yesterday, praising Newsmax and criticizing, well, none other than Fox News. The comments were made on my buddy Dan Bongino's show. Listen again. And, you know, I wouldn't say Fox has been exactly perfect. Fox has been a big difference of Fox between now and what it was four years ago, as you know. Election night coverage. But we have others that come along and they're doing well. And uh, uh, Newsmax has been really good. And, you know, others are coming along. And people are seeing that they're watching these conservative networks. They sure are in record numbers, in yep. fact. So those comments came 
about the same time we sent over to Fox News headquarters to find out what happened to Lou Dobbs, the mysterious disappearance <laughs> of the Fox News business number one rated host, Lou Dobbs. Yeah, and by the way, uh, I hope that Lou Dobbs comes back to TV because he's awesome. Okay, I think we should call our special guest today. Ladies and gentlemen, Newsmax, Greg Kelly. You can see his show at 7 o'clock Eastern every weeknight, by the way. Call him. Hello. Greg Kelly, or should I say the Greg Kelly, joining me on the phone. How are you, sir? Rob, thanks for having me. Uh, doing just fine. Uh, let's see. Very windy out there. Yeah. Have you seen this? Crazy windy. <laughs> Although uh, it won't be windy by the time people uh, 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 listen to this, so I should stop with my <laughs> observations. Now, you, are you in, you're in D.C.? No, I'm oh. in uh, New York City. I'm oh. in the heart of New York City. I'm looking at the Empire State Building right now. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I think I knew that because, uh, uh, well, it's also windy in Washington, D.C. today as well, it, which is bad for dandelions, particularly if you're trying to pick one for your wife. Wasn't that bizarre? I haven't done that since uh, since uh, kindergarten, and you know, I mean, we all know that those are weeds now, and uh, yeah, just a very odd thing. And I think actually, I watched it very closely. Jill seemed to be oh brother, yeah, Jill was not down with it. You no. know what I mean, everybody knows that's junk grass, Joe. What are you doing? Yeah, it, I was very odd. About it. I was troubled about it. I was kind of it kind of reminded me of the the scene in Frankenstein where the Frankenstein monster was doing the uh, uh, you know the uh, she loves me loves me not. And I thought maybe Jill might get thrown into a pond. I was a little worried. <laughs> the whole lawn looked. Uh, I couldn't even figure out where they were because the lawn, if you look at it, looked like a. A soccer league had been using the field. Yeah. I don't know if that was the White House or what it was, but it just seemed a, just a bizarre scene across the board. It, it is bizarre. I want to get into a little bit here with your interview with uh, uh, Aaron Babbitt in a second. But let me let me ask you uh, for your impress, impressions of the first 100 days of the uh, of the uh, Biden administration. Um, this, what are your what are your thoughts? And if you could condense it, I'd like to hear your thoughts, Greg. Well, it's been. Um, it's been a surreal, bizarre farce, I guess, is how I'd characterize it. Yeah. The media have uh, purposely looked the other way on about 15 different issues. Um, I'm really struck how Joe doesn't even seem to be enjoying himself. You know, every senator lusts after the presidency, and he's been thinking, he's been seeing himself as presidency. He's 29 years old. Yeah. And somehow, I don't think he saw it happening like this. You know, I look, I still have really serious questions about the fairness of the election, of course. Oh, yes. And, and now he seems to, and I think he knows this, he's not in charge. He can't do what's right for the country. He could not come out on Inauguration Day and say, you know what, my fellow Americans, we got we to gotta cancel this cancel culture. You know what we got to do? We got to get big tech off of conservatives back. And finally... We gotta get rid. We gotta wipe out this phony impeachment that you're trying to do with President Trump. Let's unite and move forward. If he did something like that, you know what? He would have had me. Yeah. He really would have. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, he's doing he's doing the opposite of some so much of the stuff he said. So it's a very weird time that I that I, is sad. But I, I sense this is a. You know, Americans are noticing and uh, they're getting tired and they want to push back. Well, I've seen uh, on several of his broadcasts on YouTube getting a couple thousand views. I saw yesterday uh, his his uh, uh, viewership for the address to Congress the other night was uh, half of what Donald Trump's was. Uh, it is, to me, very clear that, uh, you know, if somebody had 81 million votes and is the most popular presidential candidate of all time, uh, those numbers would be through the ceiling. Uh, that aside, uh, also just the dislikes the other day I saw on like NBC broadcasting on YouTube that dislikes were 7,500 versus, you know, 
200 likes. So clearly his policies are not resonating with the American people. He is not a popular president, even though the polls keep saying he's this and he's that, which I think are malarkey. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, there, there's something up with the polls. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, 53% approval rating. I, the, the American people get this guy. I think those numbers that you just summarized, social media numbers, are telling. Um, this is not what anybody kind of signing up for. This is not America. Cancel culture. To, he should come out against cancel culture. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. this is right out of China. Maybe that's why he won't. So... You know, we'll see. I just, I do feel like this. This, this can't last four years. Mm-mm. This just can't go on. No. Um, something's going to happen. I don't know what. I yeah. want everybody to obey the law. I want everybody to follow the rules. Um, but I just feel like we're waiting for a foot to drop. Um, let's move on. I saw your interview last night with um, with Aaron Babbitt, Ashley Babbitt's uh, husband, uh, widower. And I got to tell you, uh, Greg, this is so ungodly troubling that a woman could get murdered, and I'm sorry, murdered in the White House. Nobody said, why didn't they use a a taser? Why didn't they do whatever? They just killed her, and they're not giving us any information, or the family. Not only that, very few people are asking for the information. Uh, Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed unarmed um, as her hands were visible, as she was jumping through a window. And we all saw it. It's, it's available. Maybe you didn't see it, actually. I was One of the most shocking moments, almost of my life, was the next morning, and I got up early. I couldn't sleep, and I wanted to see uh, the news coverage, and I watched the Today Show. And I did not mention that a woman, a Trump supporter, was killed in the building that Savannah Guthrie was standing in front of, the Capitol, just yeah. a few hours earlier. Yeah. And this is before... Officer Sicknick succumbed to his maladies, and we don't know the full story there either. So and I, I've been really dismayed that the media would go along with this corrupt, far-left narrative. I think it's race-based, quite frankly, and it's very sad. The only less hip thing to be right now than a white Christian male is to be a white Christian female, and uh, I... I, I I think that's a big chunk of why this has not garnered more attention, government attention, media attention, public attention. Um, and I'm quite frankly not going to stand for it. I yeah. mean, I'm going to do whatever the hell it is I can do to highlight this. And I'm going to write a letter to every member of Congress demanding answers. And I I was doing the math in my head. Okay, that's going to take some time and some money, uh, all those stamps. But tonight on my show, I'm going to ask everybody to write to at least their member of Congress and demand answers. Uh, You can't can't do this in America. No. Uh, We know the name of an officer immediately, even when the situation is totally justified. Like in Ohio, we all knew Officer Reardon's name was on the nightly news that night. And all these months later, they're not talking about this. I mean, and was that justified? That shooting, and I, I heard this from a very prominent law enforcement official. There isn't a police department in the country that would rule that that was a justified shooting. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about a grand jury's decision, because there's the legality component. Then there's the you know, departmental component. You know, did the shooting violate any rules and guidelines? And there's no department in the country that would say that that was a justified shooting. Well, Not one. 
Well, Greg, when I was watching the the uh, coverage of the uh, of the event, what and I'll just be honest, the day that the Trump rally happened, I was hoping for a Berlin Wall move moment where uh, peaceful protesters could approach lawmakers and make them realize, let's look at this election. And and unfortunately, that was all torn apart. There were many people who left the rally early to grab grappling hooks and grab hammers and helmets, which Trump supporters never grab, but Antifa does. This thing was made gigantic. Everybody, I remember everybody in the nightly news refuting it, refuting it, even conservatives. Oh, yes, you know, this this is the worst thing that ever happened. I said, no, it's not, because if it was the worst thing that ever happened, then uh, they would not have been able to clean up the Capitol and open it up two hours later. This has been made into a Reichstag moment by the Democrat Party. Uh, it has been made to be something much worse and to paint Trump supporters as some sort of terrorist to distract from uh, what I feel is uh, a very, you know, many questions about the election and also just to demonize Trump supporters in general. That's why they're going down this white supremacist being the worst uh, thing in the threat to the country path. Uh, This has been going on on campuses everywhere. But those are my thoughts on the Capitol invasion and the overreaction and the overhype, not only of, of politicians, but of also news media people like this is worse than Pearl Harbor. Uh, Rob, you got it totally figured out. (laughs) It's really not much I can add. I I think you, you nailed it. You're right. I, I will just say that uh, uh, well, I'll add this. There were uh, videos, we've seen it, of certain law enforcement people. Now, I've looked at these tapes, and I can't tell if they're Metropolitan Police or Capitol Hill Police yeah. or where they're from or who they're affiliated with who are encouraging people to storm the Capitol. You could, the gates are being removed, and you can see they're being waved. The crowds are being waved. Uh, into the Capitol. There's another portion where Capitol Hill police officers, I'm confident they are Capitol Hill police officers, are just standing by. Now, I know there's been some disciplinary um, action taken, uh, but the public doesn't know the full story. I will differ with you in this, though. I I, I never saw a scenario, I don't think it would have been helpful if uh, the citizens confronted lawmakers on January 6th. I was hopeful that under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, there were enough, there was enough latitude where they could have discussed this for not a few hours, but for a few days. Yeah. And potentially the uh, some of these electoral votes could have been sent back to uh, certain state capitals. I thought that was all within the Constitution. I was uh, disappointed that the events uh, kind of led even lawmakers with concerns to just wrap it up as quickly as possible. Yeah, and there's just been an enormous amount of uh, the media immediately saying that the election was perfectly fine. Uh, all uh, Democrat lawmakers saying everything was perfect, yet they want to completely revamp the voting system. We all know what this is all about, Greg. Uh, I got to tell you, though, Greg, the fight, and I'm, I thank you for being, uh, uh, to remember, remembering Ashley Babbitt's name. Because Greg, we can't live in a country like this. We can't. We can't be. You know, she's like the the Chinese man who stood in front of the tank. Uh, we don't know what happened to that person. I just think this is a very frightening thing, and we cannot live in a country where uh, a, a Capitol police officer can take a life and no charges and no comment from the government. That is that is North Korean to me. Rob, that's very powerful what you just said, and uh, you're right. Um, you know, I mentioned I'm going to write these letters. I have no illusion that that's uh, going to solve anything. Yeah. Uh, 
It's just what I'm going to, it's on my to-do list today. I'm going to, and I'm going to ask my viewers and and I'll ask you to think about it. You know, what else can we do? Should we do? Uh, Because we can't let that stand. There's a lot of other things we got to, we got to figure out in this country, but if we can have, if we can shut down cities because of Dante Wright and George Floyd, we can at least have these questions answered. Greg, I think what you're doing is so important. You're being a warrior for somebody who otherwise would be forgotten, and I think that's uh, one of the amazing things that you you can do. I always say that you know, uh, if you can if you can entertain, you can inform, uh, and even motivate people. I think that's those are the three pillars of what I try to do, and I, I gather that from your show um, because I just I think your your show is is very informative. I love your wry sense of humor, and that you are remembering, you are holding up her name and saying, "Do not forget this." woman she did not deserve to die like this she does not deserve to be uh to be buried without their family being able to question i think it's amazing i'm on your side brother if there's anything i can do with the audio podcast or my show i will do whatever i can for you greg okay all right well uh first things first uh let's get you on the tv show next week uh i'll be in touch very soon i look forward to it rob all right greg have a glorious weekend brother talk to you soon Oh, hell yeah, I'll be on the Greg Kelly show. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. What he said there is important. And did you did you hear my analogy? Ashley Babbitt was like that Chinese man who stood in front of the tanks. Tiananmen Square. That's crazy. They were trying to overthrow the government. No, they weren't. They were they were concerned individuals about the the future of the country and the integrity of the election. And they went to Washington D.C. because all of the evidence showed that Donald Trump was headed toward a landslide. And battleground states stopped counting votes in the middle of the night. All she's asking is, or was asking, was, let's look into this. We don't know what happened to the man in front of the tank. We know what happened to Ashley Babbitt. Do not forget her name. Do not forget her name. She deserves more, and her family deserve more than no phone call, no information, nothing. That's absolutely absurd. All right. Um, I was going to do another story, but I don't think I'm going to because I've taken enough of your time today. I greatly appreciate you joining me, though. All right. If you uh, if you want to uh, just check me out on social media, I'm all over the place. It's usually under Rob Carson's show. But uh, this is just a joy, guys. This is a joy and a treat for me and uh, and to have uh, great people like Greg Kelly on and then also uh, newsmakers and and then be able to share with you uh, news commentary and occasionally even comedy uh i think that's very important i'm I'm, I'm trying to think if i should play a comedy bit from uh, what i did for rush limbaugh how about i do that I'll, I'll play a classic bit that i did for rush limbaugh before the end of the show here how about that let me see if i can find one here let's do um let's try this one let's do one from uh, some of you were, weren't alive when bill clinton was a president but this is uh, bill clinton was known for not telling the truth and at the same time the movie lion king came out from disney here is a parody that i wrote and i did much of the voice work as well as with paul shanklin and johnny donovan about uh, bill clinton and the lion king Whitewater Pictures presents the year's biggest blockbuster, a story of a young cub destined for infamy. Bill Clinton is the Lion King. I will accept nothing less than universal coverage for 100% of the animal population. Uh, Did I say 100%? 
<laughs> well, what I meant to say was 95%. Bill Clinton is Scamba, the Lying King, a leader guided by his natural instinct to cover up the truth and guided by the spirit of his departed father. Scamba, you will never, ever be a truly great president. What do you mean, JFK? I try real hard. I, I feel their pain. Sure, I don't have any foreign policy, but what's holding me back? Scamba, you will never be great because you lie all the time. I don't lie all the time. Scamba, you're hopeless. I don't lie most of the time. Join Scamba and his friends, the media hyenas, as they trudge across the American savannah, along with Scamba's constant companion, Al Gorilla. Oh, uh, Mr. President, where's your pride? Oh, Al Gorilla, they're back in Arkansas. Let's see, there's a blonde, a brunette, a redhead, and this girl up the road. And, and my cousin. It's a jungle out there. We all know who the real king of the jungle is around here, don't we, Willie? Yes, dear. Bill Clinton is the Lion King. You'll love it. I promise. <laughs> no, I swear, man. No, I'm not kidding. No, really, really. You'll like it. I know you will. All right, so there you go. That's the Lion King. I did that a few years ago in the in the 90s for uh, Rush, but I wrote some stuff up until about six, seven years ago when Kit Carson passed away. So there's more recent stuff. I just wanted to share this as a departing shot on a Friday. Uh, God rest Mr. Limbaugh's soul. All right. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless you. God bless America. Realize that the fire is here. It's in our bellies and it hasn't gone out and it won't. All right. I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Have a good one. In the meantime, see ya. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.